Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, November the 20th, and this is Jim Hedger from metamen.com slash webmasterradio.fm. And uh, Dave Davies from beanstalk-seo.com. Dave, I'm in Victoria today. You are. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, up here in the great, white, freezing, cold Pacific Northwest. OMG. Lots of white for now, yeah. No, no white on the ground. Let's uh, <laughs> not not continue forward with the belief that you need to change your uh, car for a for a dog sled when you get to the border. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's cold. It's cold. I don't like it. About uh, what forty two, forty five degrees or something like that right now with uh, rain. Unbelievable. And, uh, anywho. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we got a lot of stuff to do today. Um, back by popular demand, we're, we're actually going to rerun an interview that we ran last week that uh, was attained at the PubCon conference with Tim Kendall from, uh, from Facebook. Now, Tim is the director of monetization at Facebook, and we had a little uh, glitch in the studio last week. Somehow the tape ended up garbled. It was a great interview. We want to bring this to you guys. Um, I know that we have a, a number of live listeners right now, so I want to get this tape out to you. It's a really cool interview. Tim goes into tons of stuff about Facebook, working through Facebook, and gets to how Facebook wants to reach out to the search marketing community. And I know that, you know, given the mystery that is Facebook, we would all love that. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know what, it's harder to react because I already know the interview. I know it's an awesome one, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will will gain a lot for it. And, you know, rounding out the hour, we have uh, have an interesting closing segment. We have Laura Callow from SEM Insights. Laura's been uh, conducting a 10 part, 10 questions per part interview of the search marketing industry. She's got some really cool insights she wants to share. They're about 40% of the way through now. I think they're their fourth of 10, 10 part surveys. And uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get some cool, cool information out of Laura towards the end of the show. But dude, we got to jump into the news. We got so much stuff to get through. It's been a hell of a week, huh? It sure has. Uh, it sure has. Um, you pointed yeah. something uh, probably the, the most neat uh, of the things, or, or might I say even addicting uh, out of all the things, uh, since you brought it to my attention this morning, uh, live. Uh, oh, you're playing cards with live, are you? I just can't help but use it. Uh, so it's so cool. Thanks, thanks to Jim. If you go to live.well.com.ca, uh, depending on where you are, um, I haven't checked the UK version. Uh, but any search, and, and you could you could win yourself an Xbox. So um, I, I think that I, I got to admit, this is I think one of my one of my favorites of their of their gimmicks. Um, I okay, don't know so what your take is on it, but but it's it's got me. The, the live page is is up on my screen, and I've run probably a hundred different searches so far today. Not using the search results, so I don't know how that's working for them, but. Just to brief the listeners, what's happening? And I know this for sure is happening at uh, live.ca. I'm pretty sure this is a Canadian-only promotion, but if you've seen it at live.com, um, that may be an IP thing because you're in Canada. I'd like to know if Americans are seeing this too. But if you go to live.ca, look up in the top left-hand corner, you'll see a win prizes link. Click on it. 
and then start conducting searches. And like Dave says, this gets addictive really quickly because it's like a card game. And they show you two cards that match up. Uh, they could be a new car, could be a Microsoft Zoom, could be an Xbox, could be a trip to a Raptors game, etc. And uh, <laughs> if, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing because you, you just want to keep on searching. I was, I was doing vanity searches and searches for webmasterradio.fm that searches for search bash that image searches, and I found I couldn't stop myself. I'm trying to write this blog, right? And um, my only complaint with it is I wasted 20 minutes. I didn't win a damn thing. <laughs> that is a problem. And you know what? I mean, you, you, you are right there. It is a CA. I just logged into a, to a server that I use down in, uh, down in California, and Unfortunately, they're just giving away flight deals for the holidays. So that's what I that's what I got going on there. But uh, well, but yeah, you know, no, flight no, deals no for contest, holidays are really so. important. It's the it's American Thanksgiving next week, and uh, yep. you know, big love to all our American cousins. Um, we I'm not actually you know what it's next Thursday is American Thanksgiving, and I'm not sure if we're broadcasting or not. Um, we shall see, I suppose. I'm, I'm looking at Brasco on the video in the studio right now, hoping he's going to nod his head, but it looks like he's shaking his head. So, oh. Oh, and now he's waving his finger at me. Oh, man. Um, for anyone who wants to uh, watch the show in progress, it's blog.webmasterradio.fm. Watch dash and dash chat. Big smile from Brasco on that. Um, I, speaking of, I, 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 I don't have a big smile for you. I've actually got a, um, some sad news for the community right now. Um, Leith Nason, uh, one of the founders of IM Broadcast, a uh, good friend of a uh, number of friends of, of ours, a friend of Lauren Baker, friend of John Carecut, um, friend of Jordan Casteller. Um, well, Leith died in an auto accident the other day, and uh, he's, uh, it's, it's not often we lose somebody in our community, and it's, it's sad when it happens. And... Um, from everyone from, from uh, webmasterradio.fm, metamen.com, beanstalk-seo.com, and everybody associated with Webcology and Webmaster Radio, um, our hearts are just going out to everybody. Check I Am Broadcast in the next couple of days. There's a number of tributes to Lisa that are going up there. And also, I understand Lauren Baker is establishing a fund for Lisa's wife and family. Um, so, yeah, sad, sad note in the search marketing community. We should move along. Um, I could. I, I don't want to get into uh, into a bundle of sadness, but um, that announcement does got to be made. Um, let's you know. Let's let's jump to something that gets us high energy again. Something that that you just gotta like laugh or scream about. Yahoo. I knew um, where you were going with that one. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Jerry resigned. Jerry Yang, the uh, formerly the embattled CEO of Yahoo is now the embattled chief Yahoo again. He resigned his uh, position on the board. <sighs> Dave. <laughs> what do you say, Dave? I don't even know what to say at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got a couple four-letter words. Shall I go with them? Or, uh, are, is uh, what, is what I think we can just here? leave it to the imagination of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. oh, God dang. I mean, okay. Yahoo stock, last I looked, just a few moments ago, I did the search using microsoftlive.ca, but I didn't get anything, but I tried. Uh, a few minutes ago, it was trading at $9.73 a share, quite a ways down from the 33 it was sharing at earlier. Now, if people were listening to SEO Rockstars earlier this week, they would have heard myself, uh, uh, SE Guru, Darren Babin, and Danny Sullivan um, talking about the whole Yahoo rigmarole and brief history, and Danny made some really good points. Um, 
Yahoo is still the world's largest content network. It's got extraordinary technology. People are measuring it against Google, which is a real false measurement. Um, and, you know, for people who haven't heard that episode, it's worth going into, into our archives at webmasterradio.fm, checking out that, the most recent SEO rock stars. Um, Yahoo is still trading at $9.70 some odd cents a share. And uh, it's, 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 dude, <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't. I don't even know what to say at this point. So I mean, it's just. It's like a comedy of errors going on over there, and um, you know, you you just know that there's uh, a bunch of folks over at Microsoft just kind of kind of snickering now, going, "Well, <laughs> here we are. I'll bet our next offer is taking a little quicker." <laughs> well, yeah, um, but the whole thing is, and this is this is something that's so important to note here: the form of Microsoft's next offer is likely to dictate the future of Yahoo. Because as I understand it, they don't want to buy the network anymore. Like, they wanted that at one time. They don't want it anymore. Now they just want to buy the search applications. Mm-hmm. They just want search. And as a matter of fact, they, um, I understand that they just hired uh, Yahoo's former uh, director of search, just moved over to, to Microsoft, um, according to All Things D. Kara uh, um, Swisher's column uh, at Boomtown, um, the director of search for Yahoo is now bugging out to Redmond to move up to to, to work with Microsoft. So maybe they've already bought search for uh, for a salary instead of a song. Um, but we'll 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 see what happens with that. If we do see Microsoft bidding on pieces of Yahoo, then you could expect the uh, corporate raider corporate raider types who are sitting on the board have a little bit more power and are starting to piece the piece that puppy out. And that would be. Um, the dismantling of the oldest and largest web portal anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do we got? We have a couple more minutes before we're going to jump into the segment with uh, Tim Kendall from Facebook. We're going to have to go to commercials in a few moments. But before we do, you've been, uh, you've, you've been looking at the stuff that's been coming out of PubCon. Um, there was a, a Bruce Clay video and a Matt Cutts video that are being presented over there at webpronews.com. And congratulations on Mike for getting both these interviews. Mike Indeed. McDonald for getting both these interviews. Are SERP rankings dead, Dave? Um, you know, it's funny. Actually, uh, interesting for, for Bruce to be picking up on this now. I had a, had a, a session on this the exact topic um, at SES previously. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, a yes and no kind of answer. I mean, there are, there are going to be sets of, of search engine results that are, for all intents and purposes, untouchable, at least in the foreseeable future. And, and by that, I just mean... Um, where we're dealing with phrases that are that are so generic that haven't been sought for by by a person previously, um, you know, let's take a phrase like you know, glasses. I'm looking for for eyeglasses or, or something like that, and I just do this first search. I've never searched for anything similar to this. Um, you know, this is a truly generic thing, and I'm happy to order them. You know, from from wherever in the United States, right? So it it, it doesn't lend towards the same personalization. But if you're running, say, a bed and breakfast. Um, or, or even even more to the point, like a like a restaurant or something like that. I think all of a sudden you hit um, cases where personalization is going to have a much much larger impact. I think it's still quite a ways down the road before we get into true true personalized um, results to to the degree um, that I think Google's heading towards, where they're trying to compare um, you know similar search patterns. I mean, this is right in their patents, where you know looking at a bunch of different people, their search patterns, this and that. Um, and right now, a lot of their personalization still requires you to be logged in. Well, how many people are logged in at any given time? I know a lot of people, but but not the majority yet. And 
um, stuff like that. So I think we're still a long way away from true personalization and, and the, the death of SEO that, that you know is being touted, including by by people like me. Um, but I, I will it is never definitely argue something that we need SEO, to be because I don't I don't see it. SEO ever dying. Everything comes down to search in one way or another, and there's so many more things SEOs do than just get good rankings on the search result pages. I mean, accessibility, usability. Uh, the, the structure of a site, uh, so site architecture. I mean, there's a dozen, a dozen things we can name off the top of our head SEOs do that are going to be critical long into the future. But I'm going to argue your example here with you, Dave. Um, I do look for glasses all the time. I do look. I mean, I, I, I wear glasses, so I, I, I search for these things, and I get Lens Crafters, a Canadian, a Canadian uh, corporation that has a, a glass. Glasses stores, haberdashery for the eyes, all up and you know, all coast to coast. I get ones for the mm-hmm. Victoria stores. That's pretty. But would it matter to you, for example, if you're looking to to try and purchase them online? I mean, this is and this is where personalization is going to have great difficulties. If what you're looking for is a store, for example, like an actual glasses store where you can go in and take a look, um, yes, lens crafters would be would be uh, to, to give your to use your example a great choice. If what you're looking for is to purchase them online, now all of a sudden the border doesn't matter. The the, the location of them being here doesn't matter. This is where personalization at this stage is going to fail. Is can they can they iterate what you want? Are you actually looking for online or not? Until they can actually figure that out, they they really shouldn't be putting that bias in. And I haven't seen any great evidence of it at this stage. I don't think they can until they figure it out a way to know in advance whether you're looking for something online or or offline. Indeed, you know, there's a, there's a good comment in the uh, Webmaster Radio chat room. Um, the, uh, the, the, the brilliant mobile expert, uh, Cindy Crum, has posted, true personalization will happen in mobile. No need to be signed in. Everything is tracked back to your phone number. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that could also be a true localization is going to be in, uh, in mobile as well because they know when I'm in New York City. They know when I'm in Toronto. They know when, uh, they know when I am sleeping because fo- they make my phone ring, like, just after I get into that REM part. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> anyway, on that, Dave, we got a killer show coming up. We got to take a break. We got to pay some bills here on WebmasterRadio.fm. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk-SEO.com, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMend and WebmasterRadio.fm. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're coming back with some great interviews, so stick around for a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, what's that sound coming from your computer? That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com showed me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Hey, have you got that number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. 
this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Jim Hedger with WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm sitting with Tim Kendall, the Director of Monetization of Facebook. Tim, welcome to WebmasterRadio.fm. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're, at, we're in Las Vegas at PubCon 2008. Um, you're speaking here, and you're appearing here, and Facebook coming to, uh, to these, these, these shows, that doesn't happen very often. You must be getting mobbed by people. Oh, I, I don't know that we're getting mobbed by people, but uh, we do um, want to increasingly be participating in, in performance market type events um, because we think we have a really compelling offering in that area that that quite a lot of performance marketers don't know about yet. And we think if we can go out there and tell people about it, there's a lot of value that we can we can provide for uh, for performance advertisers. Yeah, I'll tell you, if you keep coming to shows over and over and over again, people will get to know you and get to know your face, get to know that you're approachable and that yeah. you actually want to engage with the webmaster yep. community. Yep, absolutely. No, we're, we're excited about it. Now, Facebook is... Uh just starting to ramp up its monetization efforts. I mean, you, you've had advertising appearing on Facebook for the last year, yep. year and a half, yep. but there's a lot more of it appearing now. You're trying to engage more with the, with the search marketing mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. How should search marketers think differently about advertising on Facebook and, and, and social media compared to you know working in search? Sure. sure. Well, the way that we look at the world of marketing, we kind of think there are two, two broad segments. There's demand fulfillment and then there's demand generation and we view paid search and search marketing as falling into the demand fulfillment category and what i mean by that is that essentially what paid search is doing is they're fulfilling demand that's already been created so someone is going to a website raising their hand and saying i would like to buy a digital camera and the way they do that is they enter a query for a digital camera on facebook we think we're very well positioned in this other category which precedes demand fulfillment, and that's called demand generation, which is this idea of subtly fostering demand with people based on their interests, based on their their consistent and steady state interests. So in the parallel example to someone searching for a digital camera, you can imagine on Facebook how Canon or any other camera company could advertise to people who have a declared interest of photography in their profile. So all of a sudden, there's a set of customers that they can reach who aren't necessarily on that day or even that month going to do a query on a web search page, but have declared that they're interested and are spending a lot of time on Facebook. And we think that's a very unique opportunity for a webmaster, a search marketer, to actually reach a new set of people who they couldn't reach before. One of the neat things about Facebook, and almost all of our listeners have 
some degree of experience using Facebook, is the weave of the, the amazing spider web of networks of people. How do you guys, when, when you're planning out your, your marketing campaigns, how do you take into account my friends list and their friends list sure. and so on and so on and so on? Sure. So um, I'm glad you brought that up because my last response, what I, what I pointed out is sort of one piece of our differentiation for search marketers who want to try our service, which is that we know a lot about users, right? We know what they're interested in. We know what TV shows they're interested in, what movies they go to what musicians they like, and so by virtue of that, we're able to market to them. The other thing we know about them, though, besides what they tell us about themselves, is we know who they're friends with. And so because we know who they're friends with, we can do some very interesting things with marketing um, in sort of the viral category, in that if, if you take a particular action on a brand or a service somewhere on Facebook, and the way you might do that is you might interact with a page that promotes... Um, I'll use the photography example again, a page that promotes a given camera. And you could endorse and affiliate with that with that camera. Let's say it's a Canon power shot or something. And then we can push that out. The fact that you've affiliated with that object, we can push that out to to their friends in a, in an organic way, in the same way that non-commercial activity gets spread across your, your friend network. So we think both the combination of targeting you because you have photography in your profile driving you to engage with something that's related to photography, which in this case is the Canon PowerShot, and then taking that activity and pushing that out to your friends is a really powerful kind of end-to-end, going back to the term I was using before, demand generation solution, where we can really foster demand in a set of people that an advertiser couldn't otherwise reach because they're not necessarily searching for that thing because they're in sort of this, another way that we characterize it, they're in kind of this latent demand realm, right? They don't really know they want it, but when they see that one of their friends is intrigued by it or interested in them, it compels them to explore it and ultimately potentially buy it at some point. Well, given the the concept of six degrees of separation, um, as long as friends of friends of friends of friends have photography in their profile this this almost feels like it's exponential messaging how far do does each message go yeah well actually today we only um show messages one degree so the only people that are going to see that have the potential to see something that you have done around a product or service are just your friends Okay, so Kevin Bacon doesn't hate you yet. Kevin Bacon doesn't hate us yet, and and will never hate us because I think that is it's very consistent with kind of the norms of Facebook, right? We're not, we don't want things that you're doing to get exposed to people who you haven't said that we can expose them to. Well, search marketers, I mean, we're intensely interested in Facebook. I mean, this is an uh, information distribution machine from yeah. from from our point of view. Sure. How do they best get involved in it? Like, what's the uh, what's what's the working model for search marketers with Facebook? Sure, I mean it's 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 very similar to a lot of the attributes of our solution are very similar to search marketing in that the advertiser can go to the web page, which is Facebook.com/ads. They can go in, they can create the advertising creative in much the same way they would do in any sort of page search self-service um, website. They bid in a CPC auction in much the same way they do that in any page search environment. And then the, the, the real difference, which refers back to a lot of what I was talking about earlier, is that instead of targeting on a keyword that is 
someone searching for for that keyword you're actually targeting people so it's people targeting right so as an example um if i wanted to promote a concert in los angeles for the foo fighters i could say i want to target men and women from ages 30 to 35 who live in Los Angeles who like the Foo Fighters and three other bands that are in kind of that genre and then I'll just hit that set of people so it's really powerful people targeting um, in kind of that demand generation realm so what's the revenue model for for webmasters and and for Facebook How, how's sure. this working for you uh, it's the uh, the performance solutions working very well so we launched in November um, 2007, so a little a little over a year ago, and since then we have we we have tons and tons of examples of of search marketers actually getting better ROI than they do in search in in a num- across a number of different categories, and I can go into some of those examples. And we've got actually, tens of thousands of advertisers actively advertising. Yeah, well, maybe it's easier to break it down that way. Um, do, you, do you have any examples yeah. of uh, search marketers successfully uh, yeah. conducting Facebook campaigns? Yeah, yeah and the, the, the cool thing is is that they sort of span the scale from kind of the larger type advertiser all the way down to the kind of the small mom and pop um, smaller scale marketer. So one example that we love is... is um, this group in New York that was trying to promote an off-Broadway musical. It was an Afrobeat musical called Fela. And they were trying to find people who were interested in kind of that genre of musical and were also interested in kind of Broadway musicals. So they were able to target um, about 150,000 people who matched up in a variety of ways with the type of audience that might be interested in the show. And they were able to drive $40,000 in ticket sales in a very short period of time. Um, obviously ROI positive. Um, the, the, and, and, you know, we believe people they wouldn't necessarily have been able to reach. And people, by the way, who might not even have known this show was actually playing. Um, Another great example is is there's a storage company in Southern California that targeted um, freshmen, sophomore, and juniors in May, right before they were leaving to go home for storage facilities in the nearby area. So they were able to hit you know the people right at the specific point in time who were declared freshmen sophomores or juniors they didn't target seniors because seniors were leaving they didn't need to store their stuff because they were most likely moving away um and they got fabulous results so they their cpc on on google adwords was a, was roughly ten dollars their cpc with us was about a dollar 25 similar um, click to conversion percentage, so we they, they saw a fabulous ROI with us, and a, and a better ROI than, than paid search. Well, do you have any minimum ad spends that you expect from advertisers? Five dollars is the minimum, so it's really really accessible, and it's obviously um, you know pay per click. So if we, if we don't deliver real leads, you don't you don't obviously you don't pay us. Well, I mean that's that's given the economic conditions now, and that's 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 a great offer. Given the economy, how do search marketers best use uh, social media and yeah. target, like specifically target uh, demographic groups? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that, that we've seen more sophisticated customers start to do is they'll start with 
sort of a wider swath of people as kind of a, a beginning point, right? And get sort of a sense for within that swath of people who is particularly interested in my offering. And what's nice about the reporting and insight solutions that we offer is that if a marketer wants to go in and target that large swath, and I'll give you a specific example, um, a another example of in, in kind of the entertainment category of a, of a sort of a performance promoter trying to pr- promote kind of an 80s genre show. And so they targeted people who were sort of interested in kind of 80s music. But then that was sort of a wide, wide, their first stage was kind of a wide swath. And then they were able to see within that wide swath, what were the small subsets that were particularly interested and particularly engaged and converted well. And then they were able to drill in on those. So when a marketer does that large swath targeting at the beginning, we give them insights that say, you know, the p- turns out that people who had um, Grey's Anatomy and the Foo Fighters in their profile converted better than people who had XYZ in their profile. And then they can retarget based on that information that we give them in the, in the first report on the first campaign. What kind of direct assistance do you have for webmasters? I mean, they, they get these reports, they get this information from you. How, how do you help them interpret the information and, and sure. you know, best utilize the, the power of Facebook? Yeah, so we, we have information on the website that, that explains, you know, best practices. And we have some case studies posted on the website as well so people can see where people have found success. Um, we also have email support. Uh, for all of our customers, so customers can email us with any questions they have, any issues they have with their campaign that's running, billing, etc. Um, and that's that's sort of the, the the extent of support that we give. Although for certain spend thresholds, um, we do provide phone support as well. So it's a similar model to most other paid search um, type offerings, right? Where different different spend thresholds, you get different levels of support. Um, it's been two and a half, three years of social media. Facebook has been a publicly accessible application for two years now. People are really used to this environment, but still, search marketers sort of feel weird about, you know, investing their monies or investing their clients' monies there. Why is that? It's, we should be used to it by now. Sure. Well, I think that, I think part of the, I'll speculate. I mean, I think part of the hang-up is that I, I think that, it does require a slight paradigm shift on the part of the search marketer. And it gets back to a point I made earlier, which is that you're not targeting based on someone's declared intent intent at a given point in time based on a web query. You are targeting people based on sort of steady state information that we have about them by virtue of them reporting that to us because they want to share it with their friends. And so that, I think, requires a little bit different um, mindset, right? In some ways, you have to be. Um, in some cases, you have to be a little bit more creative. So we have an example of a, a pants company out in New York that sells um, custom, not custom pants, but thematic pants uh, to men. So if they were promoting those pants on paid search, they could just um, buy the keywords pants, right? And that's not a very difficult thing to think about, although I'm sure the keyword pants is probably pretty expensive, and I doubt they'd get great ROI given it's sort of a niche-type niche, niche type offering. On Facebook, they targeted people who were interested in the themes that were associated with each of their different lines of pants. So they have one pair of pants, for instance, that's associated with the Chicago Cubs. It's called the Cubby Blue um, pants, pair of pants. And so they targeted people in Chicago who like baseball and like the Chicago Cubs. So you have to kind of pull yourself out a little bit and think about the audience, not think about 
the search term. And I think that just it's just a paradigm that search marketers aren't inherently familiar with. So it, it just takes that that adjustment. But we think once people adjust um, in the way that I just described, they in our experience have just found a tremendous amount of value. Now earlier you said that uh, in distribution of ads, it only goes about like one friend deep, um, one level deep. Some people's friends lists are much larger than other people's friends lists. Sure. In uh, thinking about how the ads get placed on different pages, yep. is there somewhere in your algorithm that places different values on huge network friend groups against much smaller ones? Sure. So there, there are really two pieces to the to the solution in that there's there's piece one, which is really just tell us who you want to target and we'll put 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 your ad in front of those people. And the way that we can ensure that the ad that we're putting in front of you on a given page view is we actually run an auction on every single page view that we do on the site. So when there's a page view that we serve up to you, we run an auction, we look at the set of all the ads that you qualify for, and we obviously on an ECPM basis in the same way that page search works, show you the, the ad that we think is going to be most relevant for you and most economically beneficial for us. Then, in certain cases, if there's activity that we can capture, for instance, if that ad took you to a page about the digital camera that I was talking about earlier, and you engage with that, I'd be able to take that action and then distribute that out to your friends in this form of, of advertising that we call social ads. So we don't actually charge differently based on the number of friends that a given person has. And we essentially just view an impression that's associated with a social ad in the same way that's an impression associated with just a normal ad that isn't social in nature. Well, actually, Tim, what I think I was getting at is that web marketers, and especially search engine optimizers, are pretty clever about using sure. whatever they can, sure. whatever advantage they can in any yep. given system they're using. And yep. I'm actually just kind of probing to see if there's any in Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I do think one of the things that your your question hits on that we're experimenting with, but we don't have an explicit offering on today, is that you have, I don't know, how, how many friends do you have on Facebook? Uh, over 500. Yeah, over 500. So you have varying degrees of influence on those people. Correct, and and theoretically, you have varying degrees of influence on those people um, as a function of different categories. So you may have certain influence on certain people in sports, and you may have certain influence on certain people in performance marketing. As we get smarter and smarter, we'd like to get to the point where we can tell the degree to which you have influence on those people, and then um, be efficient about who we show the fact that you're endorsing something to. Does that make sense? We haven't we haven't exposed that granularity, but we're exper- experimenting with it and seeing how we can create more value for advertisers that way and really look at look at your friend network and figure out I mean, in general, just on the user side, we're trying to figure out how we can show you more and more relevant content every day, non-commercial content. But you can see how that carries <laughs> over to the commercial side in that if we start to apply some of the learnings from that side to the commercial side, we can start to, A, provide more relevant advertising to your friends, and B, um, probably provide a lot more value to advertisers. Tim, I know time's getting a little, or time is getting a little bit tight. Um, yeah. you, you have to be out of here around three-ish, and yeah. you're approaching three. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. Actually, I have a, I have a dozen more questions for you, so I'm going to have to invite you back on, a, on sure. another show. Um, how do... Uh, 
what kind of ad groups are available to search marketers now? And looking into your crystal ball, are there any new ones coming in six months or a year? But first off, what's available now? So what's available now is uh, for performance marketers is we have um, Facebook ads, which essentially is um, CPC priced um, text ads with a small image that appear on the right-hand side of the site. Um, either in a one one ad configuration or two stacked ad configuration, um, and then there is people targeting associated with that. And then the second piece of that, when a marketer chooses to run ads to an object in Facebook, like that can capture an action, like a page where you can fan that page, or an event where you can RSVP to that event. We can capture those actions, distribute them out to that user's friends as social ads. So that's what's available today. Facebook ads, which is people targeting market price performance advertising, and then social ads, which is where we leverage the social graph to market things that you're doing in a trusted referral type of way to your friends. Well, how do we get involved with Facebook? I mean, where do we go find out more information and, and actually start getting engaged? Sure, sure. So Facebook.com slash ads, or at the bottom of every Facebook page, no matter what page you're on, at the bottom there's a link for advertising, and just click on that, and it's it's a very quick simple process. Well, Tim Kendall, Director of Monetization for Facebook, thank you so much for thank spending you. time with us on Webmaster Radio. Thanks. That was great getting that interview. That felt really amazing. So that was Tim Kendall, Director of Monetization from Facebook. And as you all heard, Facebook wants to reach out to the community. And I think it would be wise for the community to start reaching out to Facebook. Um, speaking of reaching out, we have to take a break in a few minutes, but stick around. We're coming up with an interview with Laura Callow from SEM Insights. Now, Laura has been doing an extensive, exhaustive survey of the SEM industry, probably the largest one out there. Um, towards the end of the interview, I'm going to prompt another survey that Sempo is doing. It's survey time, friends. But right now, it's commercial time. You're listening to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com. Stay tuned. We've got more great programming coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. When it comes to finding the right customers with the right keywords, all you have to remember is ABC Search. ABC Search is the world's largest privately held pay-per-click network, giving advertisers the best pay-per-click traffic with over 6 billion searches a month and industry-leading protection using ClickShield. Their patent-pending fraud identification software, you can trust ABC Search to deliver the best possible traffic. When thinking about PPC and publisher solutions, all you need to remember is ABC Search. Quality partners, quality search, abcsearch.com. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, webmasterradio.fm. A service of new gen broadcasting. We're everywhere. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. Huh. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, 
visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com. More than a name. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of surf, SEO rock stars. Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. And we're back. Um, this is Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from metamen.com. Dave Davis from beanstalk.com. Sorry about that, Dave. Um, and we're joined by Laura Callow from SEM Insight. Laura, you're running a series of surveys. How are you doing? I am, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Um, they're going really, really well. I was uh, initially concerned that maybe the feedback from the community wouldn't be wouldn't be what I hoped, but um, so far my expectations have been pretty much blown out of the water, and um, obviously we're still trying to get more surveys in, and uh, some of the feedback, some of the survey responses have been really quite interesting. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly extensive, and it's having a bigger impact than I, I had hoped, so it's looking good. Well, you've, uh, you've segmented these surveys in kind of an interesting way. There's 10 surveys, a series of 10, 10 questions in each. Um, what are you trying to discover? Oh, you know, there's so many great surveys that have been run on an ongoing basis or in the past about uh, search up. Uh, search marketing spend, about internet use data, about other markets and what people are doing online. But I've never seen one, or I'm not aware of one to date, that's on the search marketing industry in particular, looking at all aspects of search marketing that's actually been asked of the search community itself. And I have a lot of questions. I was always quite, you know, curious about what, what most people thought. You can go on the blogs and the forums and you can find out what the general consensus is, but you never really hear a lot of the outlying opinions or the get a feeling of where there is a distinct dichotomy in some of the thought processes. So I really just wanted to put together a series of multiple choice surveys for the majority, trying to get feedback from the community on, on, on a range of questions. You know, what are you guys making? What are your salaries? How much qualification do you have? What do you think is the most important on-page element? Do you think off-page is as important as on-page? You know, questions about browsers and local search and mobile search and just really trying to get a feel from the search marketing community, you know, what do they think of search marketing? And, uh, and that's what we're trying to accomplish here. So, of course, that leads to the, I guess, obvious question that I have to ask next is, well, I guess I'll have to pick an area because you covered a wide array there, but what, what is coming from, from the, the SEM community? Let's cover um, maybe how they're viewing themselves. Um, and, and, and if the, the information is available, how are, are we perceiving the outside world perceiving us? Um, and, and if that's included in, in some of your survey information. 
That hasn't been included to date, but that'll come through in the next series. Um, what we've done to date is run three uh, surveys of 10 questions each and then a monster final survey of 40 questions that are just about all multiple choice. What has come through about the search marketing community and how they perceive themselves is that uh, there is a 100% with a 95% confidence interval of people who responded to these surveys, and we've had over 250 completed and returned, that they really think that search marketing is going to become a lot more competitive. And 85% think that search marketing is going to cruise through this current economic crisis without too much trouble. So I think that's enormously positive. People are positive about search marketing. And I find that quite interesting in relation to some of the articles that are coming out. You just actually covered one previously about, you know, our search rankings dead. So obviously the general consensus from the guys that are completing, men and women, sorry, that are completing the survey is that they're pretty positive about this industry and they don't think that rankings are dead and, and they think that it's still a pretty safe bet to get involved. What I do find of interest is that about 20% of people uh, kind of fell into search marketing completely by accident. They never planned on being a search engine optimizer. They weren't involved in web marketing or web development at all. They just sort of stumbled into it by accident. And only 3% of respondents actually wanted to be SEOs. And I think that that's, that's really quite, quite an interesting figure. Uh, it, it is an interesting. Actually, I, I lumped myself in with that 20%. We're just kind of happy. <laughs> was. Um, but you, you note earlier that SEOs are under, under this perception that, that we'll cruise through it. I, again, will we'll include myself in, in that percentage of people. It, have you found out any of the reasons for this optimism? Are we just being um, cocky because we've, we've tended to, you know, over the last, say, uh, five to ten years sort of cruise through some things and it's, it's been a growing industry is this a false optimism that we have or um, are, are there some reasons that you've managed to uncover through these surveys of, of why but, but, we're believing this yeah the the biggest reason would appear to be that people feel that search and the internet is becoming more and more an integral part of society as we know it particularly in the western hemisphere and that with people becoming more and more internet savvy, the search engines aren't going to go away. And more than 55% of the respondents were actually comfortable with saying, you know, we're here, we can see that uh, internet marketing is providing a great return on investment, so let's be positive about it. We're outperforming everybody else. Why should we be concerned at this stage? Well, I'm curious, Laura, how much unity is there in the in the search marketing community over use of tactics, use of techniques? Um, I remember one of the questions was, uh, what's the most important on or off page factor? Um, are, are you seeing a lot of, uh, for want of a better word, a consensus on uh, on techniques and tactics out there? I would say the very, looking at it from a very broad perspective, yeah, there does seem to be quite a lot of consensus. Um, 49%, which is pretty much 50% of the respondents, said that in their opinion, backlinks are, if you could break it down into the single most important influencing SEO variable, 49% reckon that it's backlinks. That's it, just getting backlinks. Not talking about relevance or anything else at this point, just backlinks on their own. And 36% of respondents cited on-page factors. Um, from the on-page factor perspective, a huge majority said the title tags were the most important, but that, interestingly enough, was followed up by copy um, at 34%, and then coming in third was URL structure. 
So there was no real mention of meta descriptions or navigation or usability, which which I did find quite interesting. But the, the fact is that people certainly think that on-page elements are important, backlinks are more important, and on-page title tags are definitely what you need to be focusing on. Well, what about some of the more technical stuff, like our well, our use of links, um, uh, PR sculpting, um, uh, uh, use of meta description to drive uh, to drive conversions from the SERPs? Um, that is such a good question. I'm going to deal with that pretty much in the order you asked. From a PR sculpting point of view, and I know that many people in the industry are aware of what page rank sculpting is and are practicing it, but there's an awful lot of people that were not really aware of page rank sculpting as a practice up till maybe six or eight months ago when it started to really come out. On the blogs and the forums, and the surveys have come back with a strong indication that people are practicing some form of page rank sculpting. 71% of respondents are practicing some form of page rank sculpting, which is fantastic. And as far as meta descriptions are concerned, well, 29% of the respondents don't always use meta descriptions. You know, that's, really? I think... I didn't break that down into specifying, you know, do you use meta descriptions on your on your shopping cart? You know, it was just a very general question. Do you use meta descriptions always, sometimes, seldom, never? And 29% just don't always use meta descriptions. But for those who do, 71% of people who use meta descriptions cite the primary reason for having an effective meta description is that they enhance click-through rates. Not rankings, they enhance click-through rates. And I think that's, that speaks a lot for the SEO community, really focusing more on the usability of their visible rankings as well as, as their on-page practices. So I, th- I find that enormously positive as well. Well, certainly it shows that, that SEOs are, are understanding that they're, that they're marketers as well as technicians. Um, we have to move really quickly. We have about five minutes left in, in this segment. Um, what about the outside world? I, I, Dave, Dave alluded to um, how the outside world thinks of us, but have you gotten any sense on how the outside, how we think about the outside world? Um, why aren't more major corporations adopting uh, smart search and optimization practices? Okay, that is also a really good question. I asked two specific questions on that, and I think it was actually in the first survey, and. of SEOs, because this is all targeted at SEOs, think that the single biggest challenge SEOs face from a sales perspective or from actually getting the services out there is 41% think that it's a lack of mainstream knowledge. The knowledge is just not being pushed, whether it's by the big agencies or by mass media or whatever the avenue the lack of mainstream knowledge about what search engine marketing actually is, what it can achieve, how to implement it, is, is just not out there. And from an in-house point of view, SEOs find that their biggest challenge with actually implementing effective SEO techniques across the board is a lack of cross-discipline support. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And I've, I, I understand that lack of cross-discipline support because I have had some really big agency experience. And even... When you say that the mainstream knowledge about SEO is is lacking, even in-house agency amongst web developers and IT specialists and other web marketers just don't get search engine marketing and how much it can affect them. And the tie-in, trying to get the buy-in across the disciplines to really push SEO initiatives to make the maximum impact you can, it's just not there. Not yet. Now, I know we've only got a, a couple minutes left, but I'd like to follow what you're saying there. We've got uh, a lack of mainstream knowledge. Uh, we've got an industry known for, for utilizing one of the, the greatest information transfer resources 
ever in the in the history of man called the internet what are we doing wrong is it have, have you attained any feel of of that or, or what are people saying in regards to where we're falling down because i think it's our responsibility to educate uh, we've got this great tool we're experts at marketing on it what are we doing wrong that, that this information just isn't getting out i think that um one point that probably speaks to that in a roundabout way is that when i asked a question about actual SEM conference attendance, 7% of all respondents came back with a very resounding, um, with the resounding feedback that the industry insiders are a closed community. They're not approachable, they're very clicky, and I think that that might be feeding through into even the way that we deal online, on Twitter, for example, you know, in our, in our social media marketing, we tend to not be, cl- I don't think that we're close and unapproachable by any manner of means, okay? I mean, I'm part of the community, and we make active effort to get out there and, and try to educate, but I think that where we're lacking as an industry in its entirety is we're really, we're marketing to ourselves, we're marketing to each other, we're talking with each other, we're not really crossing those boundaries to really try and connect with other industries as an industry. Does that make sense? That yeah, that makes does. sense in a weird, nonsensical sort of way. Um, but that's, you know, a struggle that we have to, that, that I guess all SEOs have to, have to, have to muddle through. We, we work in a very difficult to explain and understand field. Um, you know, Absolutely. Maybe we're going to get better at it. And I, I hope that, you know, through gathering information like the survey you're doing, Laura, um, helps, us, helps us gather more information, helps us uh, understand our, our, our industry better and explain our industry better to, to the mainstream. Um, you have six more to go, do you? Pardon? You have six more surveys to go? Uh, we have six more surveys to go, but they're going to be very short surveys. Um, I have posted a link in the chat room to the uh, to the portal page on scminsights.com that actually ha- has all the individual URLs for each of the surveys. The longest survey takes about six minutes of your time, and the more obviously the more input we can get from SEOs across the board, the more statistically significant the results will be, and they will be published on the 10th of December on the blog, and they will be free to everybody. So please take part, and please come check out the results when they're out. Well, that's wonderful. Laura Callow from SEM Insights, thank you so much for spending time on Web College today. And friends, I'm sorry. That's it. That's, that's all. That's everything. That's all. We've been through a whole five minutes. And we've got some great content coming up here on Webmaster Radio.fm. Uh, coming up right behind us is Affiliate Marketing Insider with Linda Woods. Today she has David Wolf, the co-founder of Syntrax. And uh, you guys are going to want to stick around. Tonight... 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Raymaker, we have Mark Lopez, Chief Operating Officer of Terra Networks. And at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Danny Sullivan, Searchcast. And today he's got a special guest. Everyone in the chat room will want ops for this one. Todd Friesen, a.k.a. Oil Man, joins Danny, uh, Danny Sullivan on Searchcast, 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on webmasterradio.fm. Before we go, I promised I would make mention of one other survey that's out there, the Sempo State of the Industry Survey. Just threw the link up in the Webmaster Radio chat room. We'll have somebody from Sempo on last week, or next week. And again, check out Laura's surveys. Get them filled out. You listen to Jim Hedger from metamen.com and webmasterradio.fm and Dave Davies from beanstalkseo.com. This is Webology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. More great content on the network coming up next.